radical people. Tell somebody next to you, you're radical tonight. Because you're in church on a Sunday night. That is crazy. And the Cowboys are playing. Hey, don't watch out, watch out. Be careful. Amen. We're going to have an awesome night tonight. Tonight is our disciples in the making. Um, we do this. So we've been doing this for years and years and years. How many, how many disciples do I have here, by the way? Let me see if you're a disciple. Let me see. Some of you don't know you're a disciple, but you, you can be. Amen. God wants us all to be disciples. But we're, we're doing what our vision is over here, reach, teach, and send. And uh, we are training guys up to, to preach the gospel. And we already have a church in Carrollton. Uh, that uh, from Pastor Dylan used to get up and preach just like this. And we're blessed to have three men tonight that are really, really serving in our church. I'm really proud of them. I'm really thankful for them, um, their families, their wives, and everything that they're doing for our church. So we're going to have, um, Brian's going to start us off, then John, and then John, and then Dwayne's going to close us out. And watch and see what God does. None of them have talked. None of them have said what they're going to talk about or, or anything. But watch how this message between the three becomes one. Because the Holy Spirit is amazing. Amen? All right, let's give the Lord a hand as Brian comes tonight. Amen? Amen. I guess when you get to go first and pastor puts the pressure on saying all three of them are going to coincide together, I can basically just say whatever and the pressure's on y'all. But before we get into it, uh, there's a couple kids I invited out and their families, guys who are part of my program. If y'all just raise your hand. And um, but before I get in, before I get into the message, I also want to I don't usually do this. I want to acknowledge um, Coach Thomas in the back outside of God. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't do the stuff that I do as far as really try to pour into young people. He's a person that it wasn't until I got saved that I realized how much he meant to me, how much he poured into me, and he's a pastor as well. And uh, we're probably, me and Cam back there, are probably the reason why he's bald, because we gave him gray hairs, and he probably lost it, because we were wild back then. But uh, if you have your Bibles, we'll open up to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 3. I know I'm on the clock, so I don't want to get booted off. So beginning in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God chose us and he had a plan for us from the beginning of time. You might be in here and thinking, well, I don't know if God had a plan for me or I've been through some stuff and my life isn't like his life and Christians are hypocrites and this and that. And I don't, I don't know if I really believe that or I grew up in a family where Jesus' name was a, was a cuss word or something that we said when things didn't go well. Or if you have those questions, you're in the right place. We'll go in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will just anoint your word and speak through me, Lord God. I pray that you will touch the hearts and ears and minds of everyone in this place, Lord God. I pray that we'll all leave here closer to you than when we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is The Burning Bush in Your Life. So what we're going to look into, we're going to look into a famous man. How many of you know that if 
if somebody lived thousands of years ago and they just go by one name, the person's pretty famous. I'm not going to tell you the name until we get a little further on, but this man, he was born at a time in history where it wasn't okay to have a son. The sons were supposed to be killed at birth, and at that time there was midwives who feared the Lord, and they made up excuses saying, well, we couldn't get to the mothers in time to kill the child. The same man grew up in a situation where he wasn't raised by his biological parents. The same man grew up hard-hearted because of the situation and the life that he lived, that he wasn't with his family, he wasn't with his relatives, and some of us in this place, we might be able to relate to that. A lot of times you look at the Bible and you think, well, these are just old fairy tales or feel-good stories, and you can, you can get to think like that, but as you really get into the Word, you realize God put that in there because it relates to us now. How many broken homes do we have in this world? How many people go through real struggles and trials same thing they went through 2,000 years ago. And in this same man, in his hard-heartedness, he wanted to do something right. He wanted to do something to have an impact on people. And he made a split-second decision that almost cost him everything. He had a bad reputation. He left away hard-hearted and felt like, you know what, maybe this is just the life that God had intended for me. And a lot of times life goes on and we get started and we want to we want to do something for God. Then life slaps us in the face. And then we're like, well, I guess I'm supposed to stay in in misery or or stay in struggle. And then when things like that happen, we we look to fill the void, look for alcohol. We look for drugs. We look for relationships. We look for things to try to make us happy that God is supposed to fulfill. And I know I could relate to that when I was in college. My main thing I wanted to play basketball, I wanted to go overseas, and after I finished college, uh, I had an agent, and I had an offer to go play in Germany, so I was very excited about that, but my agent at the time was like, don't, don't take the offer, if you wait a little longer, we can get you something for more money, and me not knowing any better, I was like, okay, I'll, more money doesn't hurt, so I'll wait, waited, pulled the offer, so now I wasn't going overseas, but I knew I still wanted to play basketball, because that was my passion, that was what I dreamed about. So then I ended up having to take a smaller job for a semi-pro team in Panama City, Florida. So I stayed out there for some months playing out there. And then we had issues with management. We started getting paid late. So I knew it was time to get out of there. And then I had another coach reach out to me overseas. He called me at like 5 in the morning saying, hey, we saw your resume. We saw your video. We really want you. We need this information. We're going to get your visa. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. How, and I asked, how soon do I need to be ready to go? And they said, well, in seven days max, you need to be ready. And for guys that play basketball overseas, sometimes it's like that. I know my younger brother, he's, he's been gone for almost a year now from Australia to Europe, and he'll actually be back for a couple of days on Sunday. But it's one of those things where things can drastically change within two days. So it comes to find out I'm excited. I'm buying stuff, getting ready to go and I never get a call back again. I called back, number wasn't going through, it was never picked up, and then just fast forward a couple months later, I had some personal issues going on in life, and then basketball was just falling apart, and I was getting into my savings, and I had to try to work to do something to make up some of the money, and I worked at CCA as somebody who's supposed to sort through donations, and as a side note, if you donate to CCA, please don't put your trash in there because there's a lot of people that do. You'd be surprised. People are thinking they're getting Christmas gifts and it's dirt and 
rusted stuff. It was crazy. So at that time, I was at a really low point in my life. I remember I used to go to the gym that I used to work out in. I'd go really, really early before anybody would get there. I'd put my headphones on, and I wouldn't even work out. I would just sit down and just cry. I was literally full-blown into a depression. And it's one of those things where I allowed the enemy, allowed the devil to lie to me and tell me, hey, this is how life is supposed to be. You're that, that great life that you want is for them over there. This is what you hoped for is for him over there. It's not for you. And the enemy does that, and we can't allow him to continue to lie to us. And if we look at society, that's what we see. So this man that I'm talking about, he, he went through some of those same struggles. He went through some of those same troubles, and he got to the point where he was like, this is how my life is supposed to be. So if you go with me to Exodus chapter 3, we'll get into that. Say amen when you get there, please. So we're in Exodus chapter 3. We'll begin in verse 1. So if you didn't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Moses. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for this place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from a land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. So that same man who grew up, didn't have his biological parents, The story that I said that he he made a split-second decision, he actually killed a person. So somebody who's killed a person, grew up hard-hearted, did this, did that, didn't see God in his life, this is the person that God was calling out through the burning bush. And how many of us do we look in our lives and think, what is my burning bush? What What situation, what person did God use to speak into my life? And a lot of times, it's not a one-time thing. Some of us, we don't have to raise our hands. Some of us are hard-headed. Maybe it's just me. Maybe we're in a place where no one's hard-headed. It's just me. But I was hard-headed. I remember I grew up in church. I served. I did all that stuff. But I didn't believe. I thought I did, but I know I didn't. I got to college. I didn't go to church once. Didn't even think about it. When people would talk about, hey, let's go to church in the morning. Like, why? I'm about to get home at 5 in the morning. This is my time to sleep and maybe do homework. And that was literally four years straight of that. Never thought of church. And then I go to a gym, and God used a man when we used to play a couple years. And one time, uh, the same guy who saw me yelling and cussing and 
kicking balls, throwing balls, cussing people out at the wreck or at 24-hour fitness. The same guy asked me, hey, do you want to come to church? It's not like he was the first person that ever asked me that. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. So some of you have heard this story. So I go frustrated. I was like, I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to fake it with a whole bunch of people I don't know. So I turn around and go home. I don't even go inside. And he asked me, how was service? And I was like, I couldn't go. I was, I was frustrated. I had a lot going on. I think I, I left and bought alcohol at like 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning. That's how bad it was at that time. So the next time we had a service, he invited me out. I came again, and I saw him at the front door. So I, I shook his hand and was like, thanks for inviting me. And then as the service got on, People were clapping. I wasn't used to that. Wasn't, didn't know what was going to happen. Where I grew up in, there wasn't any clapping. Hands weren't raised. So the first time I saw that, I'm like, okay, here they go. When the backflips are going to come out, people are going to start jumping. People are going to start dancing. I, don't know, I didn't know what was going to happen. But it comes to find out that that same man who invited me out happens to be the pastor of this church. And I was like, wow. Then I felt bad. I was like, man, I was acting a fool. And he was there the whole time. But he didn't hold it against me at all. And it's one of those things where now I got into that service. Yes, God used him. But at the end of the day, when I was at the altar and praying like, God, I need your help. I can't do this. And God just clearly, I could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me saying, you have to give me everything. You have to give me everything. You have to give me everything. And that day, my life changed forever. But how many of us are have a situation where we Someone came into our life and we overlooked it. Or somebody's, a situation has happened and we overlook it. Like a lot of times you can have a crazy supernatural situation that God is clearly real. We just had one, me and my wife, a month or so ago with our daughter who was basically almost pronounced dead at birth. And it raised our faith. We could look at it like, God, why did you do that? So-and-so's baby, they had a natural birth. They didn't have any problems. They didn't have this. They didn't have any of that. We could have did that. But that's not what God intended. God has a plan and a purpose. So as we continue to read on in this story, for some of us, you might be in here like, oh, I already know that stuff. Like, I'm saved. I know the Lord. That doesn't bother me. I know I, I don't need that. That's great. That's good for you. But in Exodus chapter 4, Beginning in verse 10, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So as you see, it says, before nor since you have spoken to your servant. Since he's calling himself his servant, that means at that point Moses has already known the Lord and had a relationship. So how many times since you've been saved, since you have known the Lord, has God reached out for you to do something? And now you've looked the other way. No, I can't do it. I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. We just had, um, there goes Danny right there. Raise your hand. Danny was the person who preached last Sunday. So there's no excuses. When God's hand is on your life, there's anything is possible. And a lot of times the world will tell you, well, you're not, God can't use you. You're not old enough. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You're not whatever enough. It doesn't matter. When God's hand is upon your life, supernatural things can happen but we have to allow it and we have to accept it. So it says, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach what you shall say. God's never gonna leave us on our own. 
He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I'm going to close with a story. Got some basketball players in here, so it might be kind of funny to them. Hopefully it's funny to everybody. But it's actually a true story, so it's not really, it's not a joke, though. So there's a pastor. um, He's in New York. His name is Pastor Demas, and I cannot pronounce his last name. But so he grew up. He was a he was a drug dealer in New York. He sold drugs, was on the run for years, and um, he eventually got saved. And once he got saved, he decided to turn himself in. So after he turned him, even when he was in prison, he said he was on fire for Jesus. He said all he knew he was saved. He would preach. He said it didn't really make too much sense, but he used to end it with, you need to get saved. So he got out. He was on fire for God. He, he joined a local church. And then he, he linked up with some people who did missionary work in China. So what they did was they used to bring in Bibles in their, in their coats and in their jackets and bring it across the border through China and, and give Bibles to the people there. So he was like, wow. Look what the Lord has done for me. I used to smuggle in drugs to America. Now I get to smuggle Bibles to China. And it's just amazing how God can do that. So one day he's there, and he was like, there's somebody different with them when they went through customs. And they were like, put the Bibles in a briefcase. And he was like, no, I'm 6'6". Like, this is the best way to do it is put these Bibles in my jacket. They're like, no, you need to put it in the suitcase. So he's like, okay. So he crosses through, and they're like, hey, 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 let me see, let me see that, that suitcase. They open it up and they see all the Bibles. So he's like, here I go, back to square one. Now, not only am I gonna go back to jail, but I'm gonna go back to jail in China. So they're looking at him, and he said all the Chinese authorities are looking at him, they're pointing in his face and and pushing at him, and he's like, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I've given my life to you. You're supposed to be in control. You put me in this situation. You're the one who had the plan for me. So they're pointing at him, pointing at him, and one of the guys were like, how tall are you? And so he's like, I'm 6'6", the same height as Michael Jordan. And they're like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And they all asked for autographs, and they let him go through. <laughs> it's a true story. You can look it up. Amen. I want to be 6'6 now. Look at that. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. If we can turn to uh, Ecclesiastes 3, please, chapter 3, Ecclesiastes. I say amen when you get there. Amen. To everything, there's, to everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast, cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and listen, or a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, and a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to take, t- t- or tear, a time to sow, a time to listen, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, 
a time of war and a time for, of peace. And I think right there, that's, that's going to be my message, a time. <laughs> it's about time. So um, what my message is really going to be about, it's going to be uh, what I feel like the God, or God put in my heart is to use your time. Use the time that God has blessed you with. The time, the time that God has put, put us on this earth for, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing every day. And, you know, I was, reading, I was reading a quote, and it said, God didn't add another day in our lives because you needed it. He did it because someone out there needs you. So it's, it, it's important, because it, especially for the believers in this place, we, it's a, there's a battlefield out there that a lot of people need to hear the word Jesus. People need to see, say Jesus, spreading the word out of what Jesus has done in our lives. So if, I, if, I, if you guys can, just turn, uh, turn to your neighbor and, say, and tell them um, your, time is, your time is precious. <laughs> Amen. So my first, so my first point is going to be consider your time precious. And my, my big one, my, for me, my, my time is precious because of my family. My family has my, my, a, a lot, a lot, a lot to do with everything that I do and how, how happy I am. Just embrace taking those moments of, of happiness around. And I know I'm a little nervous here, but it's a, um, but God, I know God and what God has done in my life, it's one, it's one, it's, it's, it's what he's, He's doing in my life. I think that's what I'm trying to go with. He's, he's continuing to mold us into what he needs us to be. And the time that we got to give, and it's important to, to give what, say, I say, God is good. Amen. Amen. But how I was, I was going through this message, and it was, it, was, it was awesome because we were, I was looking at it, and it's, a, it's precious how, how our life is, when, how we look at it, and either it's happiness or we're going to be in a, in a like a sad, sad moment through our life. How, do, how are we going to walk our lives on a daily basis? Either you're going to be walking in a happy, smiling, around knowing that Jesus is, by, is, is right there with you, or you're going to be turning the other way, sad, uh, lonely, miserable. And, and those, those things, those things at, they'll give you your, those are examples of your, your eternity. How are you going to walk? If you're walking, if you're walking in, a, in a happy path, you know where we're going. You know where you're going to be at in the eternity life. You know where you're gonna be at, but then you if you're walking sad, depressed, lonely, you know where you're heading. So we gotta start. We gotta walk with a smile on our face and knowing that we we will be with Jesus. We will be sitting at his at his feet, and and what and knowing that our time is short in this place. It's it's short. Time flies. And James, if if we can turn to James four uh, four thirteen. Say amen when you get there, please. So 4.13 says, come now, you who say to today or tomorrow we will go, such, go to such and such city and spend a year there, buy it and sell and make a profit. Whether you do not, whether you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears a for a little time and then 
vanishes away. So time, so that, that right there, when I was reading that, we just, we know that time's going to fly. Time's going to be going way too fast. Time's going to be flying. And today, I know I was, I was, and just spending time with the, with the people that you love. That's all, that's always an important thing. Just today, I was after, after service, man, my daughter, she just, she just wants hugs. So I was like, I took those, I took, I was like, okay, come on, baby. So I gave her a hug and just holding her and just, just knowing that those times, you know, those are precious. Those are awesome, awesome moments. And, and, just, and also just knowing that the person sitting next to you, you know, every, every time, time flies so fast. And so one, one thing that we know, that's a true fact, that time, time, one thing that we know is a true fact, that we can never get time back. So what happened yesterday, we cannot get back. What happened two days ago, we cannot get back. And my second point is, you must give an account to God for the for the time that you use here on earth. Hey man, God's gonna God's gonna question God's gonna ask you guys why or what you know why 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 were we doing this at this time and, and why weren't we out there, you know, why didn't we talk to somebody for two weeks about Jesus? Why didn't we why didn't we say anything that was important, something that that could have changed somebody's life out there? And just knowing that there's so many people out there. I can I'll probably say that so many times, but I know there's so many people out there that need to know Jesus, that need that need that in their lives. And and on and I'm on like on Matthew 12, 36 says we will give a we will give an account to our words. So on 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or you do not know, for your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, to me, you know, that's that's saying the time that you're spending here, that's God. That's all God. Everything that you're going to be doing here is God's. Everything that you have here is God's. Your talents, your 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 possessions, your 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 the money that we have in our bank accounts, everything everything that we we have is God's. So just knowing that we, everything that we're going to be giving, giving it back to him. So like talents, I know those are the big ones. I wish I was able to sing. I pray, I pray one day I'm going to get that voice in me one day. But I know, I know. Um, but I, I know God is good. <laughs> so if I have, I'll, I'm going to go out one day, I'm going to start singing, and I know that's, that, that voice will come. It's gonna be, so it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so again, guys, all of our talents, everything that we have, we got to use those. We got to use those words. We got to use people that are good at speaking out in public. Use that. Some people can't. Some people have some stuttering problems. Some people have things. So it would be, it's awesome. Just keep continuing to do what, what God has blessed you with. And, and then I was, um, and again, we all have 168 hours a week. So what are you guys doing with y'all's, well, y'all's hours? I know sleeping is a lot. It's a big one. So <laughs> you guys using using the rest of that. I know work, a lot of things come 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 in place, but just knowing what we give what we give access to in our lives, our mind, you know, we, what we stress over. Sometimes again, it's sometimes it's money, sometimes it's is work, sometimes it's school for youth, you know, it's it's, it's some of the big things. But just knowing if we give it if we give it a little bit of attention, then it starts building. It starts building from there. So why not just give attention to God? Just give it give it to God and just knowing that everything will be the right way. 
everything's going to be doing, going the right way. Amen. So I got three things here that we know we can, um, that we know how we can use our time for God. Grow your, grow your relationship with God. Matthew 3, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness and all his righteousness and all things shall be added to you. 34 says, therefore, do not worry about, the t- about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things, sufficient for the days of his own troubles. So, so again, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the next week. Just take care of today, just knowing that, you know, you, you are with God. You, you're God. God is in control of your life. Just knowing, knowing those things, you know, you're going to be going through an awesome, awesome, knowing that, that God is there with you. And again, if just, just, you know, just taking the, taking the time with family and your loved ones and the things that will be coming, you know, those are things that God will, God, God loves. And just knowing that, this is so, it's just, I can never say so much about it. Honestly, family, family, and God has just done so much in my life. You know, my, one of my testimonies is that I've, I've been to church. I was, I was at church for the, my whole life, but I, I, just, I just showed up just because I knew what to do. I knew how to clap. I knew how to, how to stand up and for, uh, how to stand up, how to, and then preachers start talking. I go back there and start playing on my phone. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, you know, but, but I know that now what has, God has brought me out of and bringing me out of, out of, my shyness, you know, I used to, I'm still, I know I'm still having trouble up here, but it's still knowing that I'm able to be up here and God has, God's with me and be able to speak. So that's even, that's another thing. But again, I have, I have one last quote that I'm going to finish it off with. And it says, uh, if you give God your attention, he will always exceed your expectations. So it's, it's always good. God is, God is always there. He will always do over, he will overflow on everything that you're going through. So that's, that was my message, and I, I just want to say thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. God is truly amazing. And... Holy Spirit is still awesome. And I thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for everything he did. And I just wanted to start out with reading uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a, f- a future and a hope. And I was just praying about this message and a lot of times us as Christians, we take that and we want to use it for us and us alone. What we want to do is take that God, God said that we can have a future and a hope. And so what we do is we take that and we go work hard. We, we go and we train and we do all different kind of things, but we don't stop and think about, what was the plan really that God had for us? 
we don't ask that question, God, what is the plan that you have for me? But what we do is we say, okay, God said we got a plan, and it's going to be a good one. So what we got to do is, is, is I'm going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to train hard, and then in the end I'm going to say, thank you, God. But at no point in that time did we say, God, what, what, what did you have for me? What can I do for you? And, and I was thinking about the, the last thing Jesus did before he left. And he said these words in Matthew 28, not 19 and 20. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things and that I have commanded you and I am always with you even to the end of the age. Amen. God gave each and every one of us in this place a plan. He gave each and every one of us something to do. Besides the things that we want to do, he gave us a plan. And every day that we wake up, just like John said about the, he gave us that day, not for us, but for someone else. And then you think about what Brian said about pastors speaking to him. What if we continue to go our lives and, and, and have amazing lives because we can, but never once ask God what he want us to do? We can be successful in the world's eyes. We can have a lot of money. We can be amazing basketball players, whatever it is. But if we don't stop at some point and say, God, what do you want me to do for you? Then what are we doing? And so I'm here tonight to talk to those who say, I'm a Christian. I believe. I, and, and, and God said, hey. And, and what I was thinking about was, what did Jesus do when he came down to this earth for me and you? And so I was thinking about it and, the question I came up with, the title of my message is, what has it cost you? Has it cost you family, friends, reputation, time, money, sleep, even your own life? And when I say your own life, I'm not talking about being dead because if you was dead, you wouldn't be here tonight. So I'm talking about your own life as far as putting the things that you want to do to the side for the things that God wants you to do. And we say, well, that's, 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 that's a lot. But then I think about Jesus. If you turn to uh, Luke 14, and when you think about Jesus, and how it says that he came down from heaven, which, he, which means he was already in the best place in, ever. But he came down, and we talked about it this morning. He came down into the lowest place possible. Not for himself. He didn't do it for himself because he was already where he wanted to be, where, where, where the best was. He came down for me and each and every person in this place. And so I just think about that, and I'm like, man, 
what must I do? And so if we read um, in Luke 14, uh, starting in verse 26, it says, Now a great multitude with him went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Do God really mean for us to hate our mother and, and, and father and all of them? No. But what he do mean is he has to be number one in your life. Not number one A. But number one, you can't, it's not even a close second. It shouldn't be a close second. And that's what he mean by hate them. It shouldn't be a, a, okay, God, I love you, but I love, I love, I love my friends. I love my family. I love my reputation. And so those are the three areas that I want to talk about tonight is, is family Friends, family and friends, your reputation, and even your own life. Because those are the things that Jesus talked about. We have to give those things up if we want to be his disciples. And so just thinking about the family, and he says, uh, you know, that, that we must hate them if we want to, if we want to be his disciples. And I was thinking about Jesus when, when he was on the cross and how all his friends and family forsook him, it said. It said that they all left. And so you think about that, maybe that happened in your life. I know for me it happened in my life. When I, when I the year before I got saved, on my birthday, I'd invited out about 30 or 40 people, and we was all at the club. We was having an amazing time. So they told me. I don't remember. But that's what they told me. They said we was having an amazing time. They was coming up to me, calling me, sending messages, all type of stuff. And it was awesome. Fast forward one year, I was saved at that time. And I invited every last person that I invited to that club out to this church. We was in another location. But I had invited them out. Had two people show up. Two people show up. And that led me to think, okay, so now I know who they really are. I know who my friends really are. And one of the guys who came, I had just met him at the, at the gym, and he was like, okay, yeah, I'll come. So it was really just one person. And that guy was my best friend. He ended up getting saved as well that night. And we hadn't talked for ever since I got saved, so that was about eight months. We didn't talk for those eight months. I don't know if it was because I got saved or I stopped, stopped doing the things that I was doing. 
But but when you think about those things, God will He'll begin to put us to the test. He'll begin to put you to the test. Hey, who's first? Me or them? And I knew that that was my best friend, but I was like, hey, I got to do what I got to do because I know what Jesus did for me. And then it says um, about our reputation. I know we have a lot of high school kids in here, um, middle school. We got a lot of teenagers. Reputation is big, right? But it says um, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, but he made himself no reputation, made himself of no reputation, taking, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth in that Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord until the glory of God the Father. Jesus came down and did an amazing thing for me, for you, for every person in this place. But it's up to us to get back to that plan of, God, what do you want me to do? And he told us in Matthew, he said, go out and make disciples. And that's what each and every person in this place have to do. If you call yourself a Christian, you have to go out and make disciples, meaning you have to know who Jesus is. You can't make a disciple if you don't know who Jesus is. If you don't know what Jesus has done for you, you can't go. What are you going to tell them? Hey, come to church. And then what? But you have to ask yourself, God, what have you done for me? Jesus, what have you done for me? And he'll show you exactly what he's done for you. Because he took me from being a deadbeat dad, a, a, a person who didn't even care about my kids. I just wanted to go drink. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything else. But he took me from that to have all three of my kids. And, and, we, and, and we have a house. I'm married now, faithful. I mean, it's just amazing how, 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 how good God is. And then on top of that, he took me from being a, a person who drank every day for, for, for 10 years to a person who have no desire for alcohol whatsoever. That's something only God can do. That's something only God can do. Amen. Amen. And I just want to close with our life. It says in Matthew 27, verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, meaning he gave up his life for each and every person in this place. And we have to do the same for our friends, for our families, for those people out there who don't know Jesus.
We have to be willing to put our reputation on the line. We have to be willing to lay down our lives to go win souls. Just like our King Jesus did. And we're not just going out looking for the, the cool people. We're not just going out looking for, we're looking for anybody who's, who's searching. Anybody who's desperate for Jesus Christ. We're looking for anybody who don't know Jesus Christ. Amen. we could bow our heads tonight I just think about my life and how it would be if that lady who spoke to me about Jesus, who invited me out to church. What would my life be like if she hadn't invited me? I don't know where I'd be. I know that I wouldn't be here. people that are sitting in this place right now because you were invited out tonight and you were invited out for a specific reason only God knows because I know the night that I got saved I was I had plans to do something else but God had other plans for my life. And each and every person in this place, God has a plan for your life. And there are people out there right now who are looking for a plan who are looking for something but it's up to each and every person in this place to say you know what even if I have to give up everything for that person I'll do it even if people at my school may me names it doesn't matter I'm doing it for God but before you can do that you have to make Jesus the Lord of your life and so all over this place I asked that question that that guy asked me almost six years ago he said if you were to die today do you know where do you spend eternity and I thought to myself I said I'd sure want to go to heaven 
if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will not make heaven your home when you die. So I was like, what do I have to do? And he said, you can know today, you can know tonight where you'd spend eternity if you were to die tonight. He said, okay, tell me, what do I do? All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I ask that question tonight. If you were to die tonight, because the Bible says tomorrow is not promised. We know that tomorrow is not promised. If you don't know with absolute assurance in your heart, that you'd spend eternity in heaven if you were to die tonight. If you don't know, if you can't say for sure, just want you to lift your hand up tonight and put it back down. I'd like to pray for you all over this place. And maybe you've said that, maybe you've said that prayer before. Maybe you've given your life to Jesus Christ before. But when you're around other people, you let them influence you. You let them keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Or maybe you've just walked away and been too busy. that you get your plans in order and you've overlooked the plans that God has for you and if that's you tonight just raise your hand and put it back down I'd like to pray for you if we could all stand tonight sing a song and I just want to invite each and every person to come down to this altar this altar is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of, of God you're in control of God I'm giving it to you tonight God search my heart that's what this altar is for tonight just come down and stand or kneel or whatever it is that you want to do and just spend some time with God tonight.
you 